Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. So good to, to be here and just see that uh, the way Sam is leading this congregation and just feels like he's been here for years and he's only been here for three months. How good a job is uh, Sam Jackson doing? So good to see uh, Josh and Ben and Magenta, three young people up here just leading us in worship this morning. And I just love seeing any church anywhere. I get to travel around a bunch of churches around Queensland these days and any time I just see a bunch of young people standing on a stage leading a congregation in worship and praise and prayer. I say there's life in that church. There's something good happening. And can I just ask you to pray? See, I reckon in six months' time, we're going to see this stage full of young people. There's going to be young people playing keyboards and drums, and I want old people up here doing that as well. But uh, I just want you to pray. I just believe that that's the calling that's on young Ben's life, and he's going to, he's going to, God's going to use him to bring a, a whole cohort of young people together that are going to worship God with all of their heart. And it's so good to be here this morning just to hear Stan and Saraya's story. Uh, I actually uh, don't think I need to preach this morning because they've just shown us how to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway because that's uh, what I do and I get to take my mask off when I do it, so that's really pleasant. But uh, thanks, Stan It's so great to hear that story and I hope as we unpack these ancient scriptures, right? scriptures that are written 2,000 years ago, you're actually going to see in, in the heart of these scriptures what you just heard come out of the heart of Stan and Soraya. And I, I pray today that it might capture all of our hearts. You up for that this morning? Yeah. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you are at work in this place. Thank you for uh, your Holy Spirit that is here today. And we ask by your Spirit that you would move in our hearts. Would you capture our hearts, captivate our hearts, motivate our hearts? God, would you move us into action like this uh, ancient book uh, written by the brother of, of the Lord Jesus Christ actually calls us into action? God, would you show us how to put our faith into action, your faith, uh, our faith to work, uh, at work, as we open your uh, word today. God, I I pray that uh, you'd move in us by your spirit. You're so welcome here, Holy Spirit. Speak to each of us. Speak through the words, these ancient words. Speak through the words that you've given me. And God, just speak supernaturally. You know the words that every person in this room needs to hear today. We ask that you'd give us receptive ears to hear what you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I actually want to share a message that God dropped into my heart, captured my heart last year. And it's actually a message that's been in my heart for 12 months, and it's actually the message that, uh, that made me write this whole series uh, based on James. I was just reading one chapter in James about this time uh, last year, and God just spoke just, uh, just six words into my heart, and, uh, and it became a message, and then a few weeks later, it became this sermon series that we're now, you know, preaching through uh, a year later. But I I was, I was reading in James uh, chapter 4 
And it said in the morning, and it just simply said, uh, your life is a mist. And it just kind of stuck with me. I'd probably read it a hundred times before, but I, I hadn't you know, really taken much notice of it. Uh, your life is, is a mist. But it just those words just stuck with me all day. And then that night, uh, we were recording something for Gateway Online at the time, and uh, one of our Gateway Beyond workers who's been serving the poor in Bangladesh for 43 years, we were honouring him uh, in, in the service, and a photo came up on the screen of, of when he first went to Bangladesh in the, in the 1970s, and I was still in primary school, and uh, uh, he looked up at that photo and, and he said to me, it was 43 years uh, earlier, he says, it seems like yesterday. It's just gone like that. Just serving the Lord, reaching the poor, sharing the gospel in, in another nation. It's gone, it's gone like that. And those words from the book of James just came back to me. Your, your life is a mist. And God just dropped these six words in my heart. Make the most of the mist. In fact, that's five words. My maths isn't good. Make the most of the mist. You know, sometimes... It is six? Yeah, I, I'm not good at math. Make Six words. I thought it was six words. Make, make the most of the mist. I don't want you to forget those words today. All right, just remember those words today. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we read these ancient scriptures and we've kind of got to read them, you know, through a 2,000-year-old culture in another part of the world. And every single word in the Bible is God-breathed. It's helpful to teach us today, to correct us today, to, to shape our lives today. But sometimes it's more difficult to understand because we've got to, got to understand the culture. We've got to understand the time that it was written in. And we kind of, kind of got to interpret it through a lens 2,000 years later that, that's so different. But sometimes, and I find this particularly in the book of James, and particularly in James chapter 4, these words could have been written yesterday for this very time that we're walking through right now. Just have a listen to, to these words. He says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. That verse could easily describe our culture or more precisely our pre-COVID culture. Today or tomorrow, we'll go to this city or that. We loved the freedom. Who remembers this in ancient history? You know, 18 months ago, we loved the freedom to jump on a plane or a train or any automobile and simply go wherever we want to go, whenever we want to go there. That was our culture. That was our life once upon a time. And he says, spend a year there. You know, we treated time as some kind of unlimited commodity at our disposal, ultimately for our pleasure. We can kind of do with it whatever we want and we can, and we can spend as much time wherever we'd like to spend it because nothing really is going to change. We can, we can plan for the future, carry on business and make money. And we've heard today that that's a good thing. We need people to do that. But, but we can live in a culture 
where, where people aren't focused on the kingdom of God, but on building their, their own kingdom and their own empire, where life is simply just about making money and just about getting ahead materially. materially. That's the way you can spend your life in the workforce if you choose to. But then James says here, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Verse 14. Aren't those words true? Haven't they been true for the last 18 months? We don't know what will happen tomorrow. We had no idea when we wrote this sermon series that we would be not allowed to come into this room for half the series. We have no idea whether we'll really be allowed to be here next week. You know, we, we don't know whether we'll be able to have a campfire cookout or Thanksgiving Day the way that we want to do it. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. Now, I don't believe God has brought COVID into this world, but I do believe that God is using it. He's using it to pull down the illusion of our control and confronting us with the reality of our desperate need for Him. I believe what He's doing is smashing some idols of wealth and pleasure and personal freedom. And he's teaching us that he alone is God. And he alone is worthy of all of our worship. It goes on in verse 14, it says, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Well, that's encouraging, isn't it? You're a mist. You are a cloud of tiny water droplets suspended in the air for a time and then it vanishes. You're a mist. Here today, and before you know it, gone tomorrow. You're a mist. Here at God's command, in His timing, and then disappears at his will. James says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. This is actually the only place in all of Scripture that describes our life as a mist. But God actually expresses exactly the same idea in other ways. In the Old Testament, in, in the book of Psalms, this book of songs, it says, Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you think of them, they are like, say it with me, they are like a... No, it doesn't say that. Is it? Oh, it's not on the screen. Psalm 144. We got Psalm 144, Caleb? <laughs> I, thought, I thought everyone at Redlands knew this psalm off by heart. They are like a breath, it says. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. In, in the New Testament again, in 1 Peter, it says all people are like grass. Gets even more encouraging. And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord is the thing that endures forever. Be encouraged today. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. You are like grass that withers and dies. You are like breath. The, the point that, that God is making in his word is that your time is not unlimited. Life is short. Light, life will come to an end 
No matter how hard you fight it, and we do fight it, don't we? We fight the misty nature of our lives. And Scripture actually tells us why we fight it. If you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a book, you know, just you know, trying to make you know, rhyme and sense and reason of this life that we've given. It says in chapter 3, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Listen to this. He's also set eternity in the human heart. You see, God has set eternity in the human heart. You see, God made, just have a look at these images on the screen, God made a morning mist to be beautiful for a time. Here today, gone tomorrow. God made a grass-filled field to be beautiful for a time, for a season, for a part of a year. You know, God made flowers to bloom in spring and be beautiful for a time. God even made this ugly grub to be beautiful for a time. It actually, you know, transforms into this butterfly and it lives for about three days. It's beautiful for a time. But you're designed to reflect the beauty of God forever. Not just for a time. You're designed to live for eternity. To reflect the beauty of God's creation for all of eternity. God has set it in your heart and doesn't matter you know, where you've come from today. It doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus or whether you're yet a follower of Jesus. It doesn't matter how much you know about the Bible or not. You know you want it. You, you want this picture of you know, an eternal life. Our culture wants it and believes for it too. Our culture that pays absolutely no attention to God until someone famous or someone they admire or someone they love dies and then they want to talk about heaven all the time. It's kind of going, I can't wait to see them again. I'm sure they're up there looking down, cheering me right now. You heard it at the Olympics. You know, people had, had lost loved ones and, and potentially people that never ever talk about God. But we love this idea that those that we love are somehow in eternity looking down from above. You see, our culture likes this truth that the Bible puts so beautifully. But, but the truth that the Bible also says that we don't like to hear so much is that what you do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. And it doesn't sound like good news to some people. It sounds too narrow. It sounds, you know, too definitive for our culture today. But it actually is good news because it gives us certainty. The narrowness, the definitiveness actually gives us certainty. It says in this in Hebrews, it says, Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. You see, we are made for eternity, but we're destined to die once and face judgment because of our sin. Whenever that happens, 
See, God made you to reflect his beauty forever, but we chose to reject him. This is the story of the Bible. We chose to live our own way. You know, we chose to, to reject God. We made a mess of creation. And the judgment for that rejection, the judgment for that sin is death and separation from God forever. But because of God's great love for us, and we sung about it today, Jesus gave his life. The very son of God came and took our place, took our judgment, took our sin, took our separation from the Father. He took away our sin. He bore our sin on the cross to save you from an eternity without God. And so we've all got a decision to make about Jesus and the cross. We can either, and there's only two choices, we either humbly accept Jesus as Saviour and receive eternal life in the loving presence of God forever, or the only other Offer the only other thing that the only other decision we can make is to reject God's offer of salvation and to face eternity alone. And we don't like to talk about hell that much these days in our culture or even in the church, but hell is simply God's provision for people who choose to reject Him. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. It's simply a, 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 a provision of, of a place outside of his presence for people who say, I don't want to be in your presence. I don't want you in my life. There's a beautiful promise in Scripture that he set eternity in every heart. The difficult truth that we've got to come to terms with is that what we do with Jesus will determine where we spend eternity. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you haven't made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that a little bit later on. But James here in this passage is actually speaking to people that have already accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but they're living as if they got all the time in the world to do whatever they want. And it doesn't really matter what you do in the workplace. It doesn't really matter what you do in this short life that we've got. He's saying, don't think like that. This is what he says. You keep reading in verse, chapter 4, it says, verse 15, if it is the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. That's what we ought to say. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Now, James, I don't believe here is saying we should never make financial plans. We should never make career plans. We should never, you know, make uh, family plans. You know, I don't, I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what he's saying is that God has set eternity in every human heart. What you do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. And so he says, spend this life in your family, in your workplace, living in the light of eternity. Or the way I'm going to say it today, six simple words make the most of this mist that we're given on earth. And James's brother, Jesus, actually, I believe, teaches us how to live 
in the light of eternity or how to make the most of the mist. Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin and, uh, destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. You want to make the most of the mist? Really simple. I'm going to give you three really simple things to do. Firstly, live generously. We've heard about that this morning. And as soon as you heard about it, you erupted in spontaneous applause. You didn't need Sam to tell you to clap. You just wanted to because you heard and you saw the generous heart of God. You want to make the most of the mist? Live generously. Jesus says when you live in light of eternity, you don't worry about earthly rewards because you know that your reward is in eternity. When you live in light of eternity, you hold on to material things lightly because you know that what you're holding on to is only temporary. He's saying what God has given you, enjoy it by all means, but you can't take it with you. What he's saying is here, you can send it ahead of you. You you can't store up treasure on earth, but you can store up treasure in heaven by living a generous life now. This isn't just about money. I want to encourage you today. I, I want this to captivate your heart today. I've already been captivated by hearing Stan and Soraya's story. It's the heart of God. I want you to get, all of us, to get captivated today. Be generous with your finances by all means, but be generous with your words. Be generous with your prayers. Be generous with your kindness. Be generous with your time, with your love, with your praise, with your encouragement. Be generous with your wealth. God's economy is actually not measured in what you can gain for yourself on this earth, but in what you can give away to others. That's how God measures. And so live in such a way that leaves a legacy in the heart of others. My, uh, my grandmother, when she turned 70, decided that she didn't want any of her kids and grandkids to argue over the inheritance. And so she didn't know how many years she had left. And so she went round her whole house and she put dots and stars behind and under everything that she owned. So if it had a blue dot on it, it was mine when she died. If it had a pink star, it was my sister's when she died. Now, as, as, as kids growing up, we cottoned onto this. And so whenever grandma left the room, we were turning everything over to see who was getting what. My, my sisters, you know, were getting, a, they were each getting their own crockery set commemorating Charles and Di's wedding. I was getting this enormous oil painting of Captain Cook that was on their lounge room wall and he was looking out over Australia like this. And we decided that we wanted to swap what we were going to inherit. And so we would pull our dot and our star off Captain Cook and I'd go and put it on the beat-up VCR player. At the time, my grandparents were the only people I knew that had a VCR player. And I put my dot under the VCR player. 
And then over a couple of uh, months and a couple of visits to grandmas, you know, me and my, my male cousins decided we wanted the 1981 V8 Fairlane. And so we went under the fair lane and we put, you know, our dots, we got as many as we could, we put our dots all over the fair lane. The funny thing is, my grandmother only died last year. She lived to 99. Where do you think that beta VCR player was? the same place that V8 Fairlane and Charles and Di's marriage is. Gone. I inherited two things from my grandma. Two things still had my dot on the back. I got a tapestry of a bullock train. I don't know why. But it's a prized possession. And I got a garden statue of St. Francis of Assisi holding a little bird. My grandmother didn't leave me too many worldly possessions. But my grandmother left a legacy in my heart. My grandmother prayed for me every single day of my life. She prayed 17,532 prayers for me and for every single person in our family. And when we gathered together for her funeral, every single person, four generations, all followers of Jesus, serving him in a local church somewhere in Australia. You see, she left. She didn't care too much about earthly possessions. She knew she couldn't take them with her. She'd given it all away. But she used her words and her prayers and the example of her life to live so generously that it left a legacy in my heart and the heart of our family. You want to make the most of the mist? Live generously. How are you being generous with your words in the workplace? How you've been generous with your time and your family. How can you show a generosity like, like Jesus has shown to us who gave himself everything, gave us everything? How can you live generously so that you leave a legacy, an eternal legacy in the hearts of others? Secondly, if you want to make the most of the mist, you've got to love extravagantly. Paul says this, where there's prophecies, they'll cease. Where there's tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now these three remain. These are the three that will remain. These are the three that will last for eternity. Faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Paul says everything in this world is passing away, but three things will remain in eternity. And the greatest of them is love. So love extravagantly in the same passage he says, because love never fails. You know, I've been in ministry for, for 27 years and I've had the privilege of holding people's hands as they get ready to move into eternity. I've sat in many hospital rooms next to many hospital beds 
a number of times as they breathed their last, but many times as they knew that at some point in the days to come, they were going to meet their maker. You know, in all of those years, I've never spoken to anyone in that moment that says I loved too much. Now, you can probably picture this, but I've spoken to many people in those moments as they share some of their regrets with their pastor who have said, I worked too much and I neglected my family. I've heard others say, I worried too much about little things that weren't that important. I've heard others say, and I've heard this quite a lot, I wussed out too much. I wish I'd put my faith into action and taken some greater risks with my life. I've heard that a number of times. I've never once in all of my time in ministry heard anyone say as they're reaching the end of their lives, I loved too much and I now regret it. You see, the only thing, and this is important, the only thing that outlasts the grave is people. That's the point that the Old Testament is making in Ecclesiastes when it says he set eternity in every human heart. No other beautiful thing that we look at or give our lives to will last for eternity. Only people outlast the grave. Position doesn't. Possessions don't. Pleasure doesn't. So if you want to make the most of the mist, centre your life around loving people around welcoming lonely people, caring for hurting people, investing into younger people, feeding hungry people, pointing lost people to Christ. That's why James is saying here, don't be a Christian materialist and make life all about possessions. Don't be a Christian existentialist and make life all about personal freedom. Don't be a Christian hedonist and make life all about pleasure. All that will pass away. But love will remain. Love never fails. Love lasts forever. So love extravagantly. Love extravagantly. And we all know Jesus revealed this kind of extravagant love for us on the cross. In the moment where he, he should have said, you know, my love's run out. I've got no love left. I, I've got nothing, you know, loving left to say. If there was any moment in time, it was at the cross, it was as he's whipped within an inch of his life, it was as he was prodded with a stick, it was as he's hurled insults upon him, it was as his hands were nailed to that cross and his feet were strapped to that cross and blood started to flow mingled down from the crown of thorns on his head. If there was one time in the history of the world where he should have said, no, my love has come to an end, it's reached its limit for these lousy people. It was that moment, not just as he was in physical agony, but he was in spiritual agony and in relational agony. He was separated from his father's presence. He was in a living hell for the first time. He didn't understand what it was like to be separated from his father's presence. And yet in that moment when the pressure was really on, we really got a glimpse into his heart. He says, Father, forgive these people because they do not know what they're doing. That is a steadfast love that never ceases. That is an extravagant love 
that this world desperately needs. And what Jesus asks us to do is to love other people the same way that he loves us. Love extravagantly. It's the most difficult command, I think, in the Bible. I find it hard. There's another command that says, don't exasperate your children. Anyone else find that difficult? I love exasperating my children. I find it very difficult. But nothing's as hard as loving other people the way that Jesus loved me on that cross. He says, that's how people will know. Again, you heard Stan Soraya talk about it. That's how people will know that you're a follower of Jesus, not, be, not because of the Bible verses you can quote, not, not because of the songs you know how to sing, not, not because of your, you know, uh, your strong opinions around you know, what we should be doing about this COVID pandemic, vaccinate, don't vaccinate, open borders, closed borders. I don't care what side of the fence you sit on. Your, your brilliance as an epidemiologist is not going to bring people into the kingdom. So stop putting it all over Facebook. Start putting it all over Facebook how good Jesus is. Because He's really good. People will know, Jesus says, that you're my disciples, you're my followers by the way that you love others in the same way I loved you. Love extravagantly. I felt this morning just a little check in my spirit as I was coming here to share this that there's some of us here in this room that would say, I really want to live generously and love extravagantly, but I, I, I keep hitting this ceiling or I keep feeling like I can't. It just doesn't flow out of me the way I want it to. And I just believe God just gave me this little picture. I think it's in Luke chapter 7 of, of the woman who, who comes to, uh, uh, to Jesus and just uh, and pours out you know, this expensive perfume all over his feet, just extravagant love, extravagant worship. And, and Simon, the religious guy, is looking at this and saying, you know, why are you letting this woman touch you? You know, she's a sinful woman. And Jesus, you know, teaches, you know, this, this parable and says, you know, those who have been forgiven little, love little. But those who have been forgiven much, Love extravagantly. And I wonder if there's some of us here today, you just need to fully understand what Jesus has done on the cross for you and the extravagant love and grace that he's poured out for you. And as you do, and you see actually the depravity of your own sin, he's going to set you free to love other people extravagantly. I just believe that's for someone here today. I don't know who it is. But if you find yourself really looking at your life and saying, actually, I, I love little. I don't love extravagantly. Maybe today God's just wanting to grip you afresh with his grace. Lastly, so if you want to make the most of the mist, live generously, love extravagantly. Lastly, persevere patiently. Paul says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, I know some of us are going through troubles right now that do not seem light and momentary. They feel heavy and they feel like they've got no end. But in the light of eternity, 
All of our troubles are light and momentary. This too shall pass. Now, I don't want to be flippant or arrogant and I'm not saying God doesn't care or comfort or heal or renew day by day in the midst of those troubles. He does do all of that. But I just want to give us a biblical perspective in the light of eternity. The eternal glory that you will one day receive if you accept Jesus will far outweigh it all. So don't give up. I want you to imagine this morning this rope really long rope, it goes on forever. Goes out the door, through the wall, through the gym, just goes on and on forever. It's kind of a timeline of eternity that never stops. Can you picture that this morning? It just keeps going and going and going. Everyone see this tiny little red part? This represents our life on earth now. Paul's saying in the light of eternity that goes on and on forever, our light and momentary troubles are just in this little bit here. And sometimes what we do, we get so focused on this little bit here, all of our attention, all of our investment, all of our concerns are on this tiny little bit here. We worry about everything that's going on in this tiny little mist of a life. Paul is saying, what I want you to do is stand back and look at it in the light of all eternity that never stops. Because what you can see here right now is temporary. But what you're going to receive goes on and on forever. So in this little bit here, this little bit of life we get to live here on earth, what are you going to do in your workplace? What are you going to do in your family? How are you going to invest into the lives of others? So that the little chance you've got here will actually have an impact that will go on and on forever. Make the most of the mist. Life is short. Our troubles are light and momentary. But we're going to receive an eternal glory that will never end. So fix your eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. When I fix my eyes on what is unseen and eternal, the one who overcame death and defeated the grave and is alive forevermore, I become consumed by him and my heart gets renewed day by day. And I persevere in my workplace. I persevere in my faith. I persevere in loving others and living generously. I persevere in sharing the good news of Jesus because I want to leave a legacy that will go on forever. C.S. Lewis says this. If you've tuned out, just, just read this quote. It's a great quote. If you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for the present world 
were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire. The great men who built up the Middle Ages. The English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade. All left their mark on earth. Precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. Listen to this last bit. Aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. James puts it like this. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Those worldly things you're chasing after and you're worried about. <laughs> Here today, gone tomorrow. A promotion that you're sacrificing the family for, sacrificing your faith for in the workplace. TV, you're sacrificing all your time to, that problem that you're worried sick about. It's a mist. Make the most of the mist. There's many other things you could say. I'm just going to try and get just that to get it down to three. To think if we do these three, we'll get to the end of this life, however long we get, and we'll have little regret. If you choose to live generously, love extravagantly, and persevere patiently with whatever God has called you to do, wherever, whatever ministry He's called you into the workplace. Represent Christ well there. Share the good news of Jesus in word and deed there. Have an eternal impact and leave a lasting legacy. I hope that this week you get a constant reminder to make the most of the mist. I pray that some of you as you're cooking, be a little reminder as you spray on the hot plate to make the most of the mist. Maybe after a game of cricket, you decide to freshen up, make the most of the mist. Or maybe you young ones who still have a social life, decide to spritz yourself up. You go out on a Saturday night. Make the most of the mist. It's here today and gone tomorrow. God said eternity in every human heart. What we do with Jesus will determine where you spend eternity. I want to give you an opportunity right now if you actually haven't yet received the salvation that Jesus offers. Salvation from the punishment of sin. That on that day when you face judgment before your Creator, you'll actually hear not guilty because you've asked Jesus to take it for you. I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads this morning. If you're here this morning and you just say, I, I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. I've never actually put my, my faith in Jesus Christ. And today it's kind of starting to make sense. Something is, is you know, God speaking to my heart. Today's the day you want to make that decision. I'm just going to ask you to make the decision while everyone else's eyes are closed and heads bowed. This is just going to be between you and God and me. I'm going to see that you're making this decision by faith. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. 
I'm not going to make anybody else, let anybody else know that, uh, that that's you praying this prayer, but it's an act of faith. I'm going to encourage you right now just to raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm praying that prayer today. I'm asking Jesus to forgive my sin today. Anyone here today, just say, that's the decision that I'm making. I don't know why you're here, whether you came with friends or you just uh, stumbled in here for some reason or you've been coming for some time and uh, you've just been checking out who Jesus is. If that's you today, just, just raise your hand just so I can see it just for a moment. Bless you guys. Bless you. Bless you. Good man. Anybody else today say, that's my prayer? Okay, you can put your hands down. I've seen them. Awesome. Can I just uh, encourage you right now? If that's you, just pray that prayer just along with me in your heart it's a really great prayer everyone here has actually prayed that prayer before and they're going to pray it with you just pray Heavenly Father thank you that you've always loved me thank you that you made me to live for eternity I'm sorry for the way that I have rejected and ignored you. Please forgive my sin. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I choose today to follow him as my Lord and Saviour. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, come on, church. Can we just put our hands together for those people who prayed that prayer today? If that, if that was you, can I encourage you to let someone know that you came with or come down the front and just let one of our prayer team know at the end of our service. We'd love to you know, help you uh, get going in this relationship with God. Let's stand. Let's stand together. We're going to sing. I think this is my favourite song. I've probably said that about other songs, but I love this song. Old song. It's kind of been put to a bit more uh, newer music. But I love a line in this song that's captured me from when I was a young boy. It says, There's no less days to sing God's praise than when they first began. That blows my mind every time I see it. That's how big eternity is. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Come on, let's sing it together. And I'm just going to invite you, if, if today you just say, in my workplace, I, I want to leave a lasting legacy. I want to have an eternal impact. Maybe you've been inspired by Stanis Array today. Maybe just these words from James have just grabbed your heart. And you just know there's a shift. It might not be a, you know, a kind of a 90 degree shift, but you just know there's a shift. You want to use your words differently. You, you, want, to, you want to represent Christ differently. You want to be more generous, more loving in the way that you meet with people. You just say today, I want to have an eternal impact in my workplace. I want to make the most of the mist. Just as we sing this song, just come to the front. I'm going to pray for you. 
We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you, or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.